0: You know, I'm always amazed at how the Holy Spirit arranges every worship service. I don't know what to preach. I don't know what you need. But He does. And all the singing and everything, this comes right up to this, to Luke chapter 15. Now look at that. Look at these young ones. My goodness. we we got a caravan going here. Wow. Wow. <laughs> all right this is not a good time to say i wish we had more in church. <laughs> now if i did like like some southern baptist pastors just get my sermons in the mail each month the printed one might not fit in with this but this one does perfectly because we're going to talk about rejoicing with god over sinners being saved That just blends beautifully with everything, doesn't it? Rejoicing with God over sinners being saved. Look at Luke chapter 15. Look at verses 1 through 10. Luke 15, 1 through 10. Rejoicing with God over sinners being saved. Hazel, I like that. Now don't you plan on getting a bus, honey. You're going to have to stay around here. You're not going on tour. 15 1 through ten. Then drew near to him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he had found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over the ninety-nine just persons which need no repentance. Verse 8. Next parable. Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she had found it, she called it their friends and neighbors, together saying, Rejoice with me, for I found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repented. Amen. Let's talk about rejoicing with God over sinners being saved. Pray with me. Dear Lord, thank you for the joy of being here and the wonderful atmosphere. Uh, This is not a funeral. This is a feast. This is a celebration time. We don't have a filled tomb. We have an empty tomb and a filled throne. You're alive and you're on your throne today. Blessed meet every need of everyone standing before me. Holy Spirit, be our preacher. Share with us wonderful words of life and I'll thank you for all you do for asking in your name of a thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. You'll notice the words joy and rejoice are found five times in this passage. God has many attributes and we seem to know a lot of them. But there's one attribute we seem to be overlooking. That is the attribute of joy. God is a joyful being. And it is hard for us to wrap our minds around an eternal being who is forever joyful. Our God is forever ever joyful and especially in our society of sadness that's just hard to accept isn't it but god is eternally joyful forever joyful and he never changes that in a world of sadness that sure is good news if you can get a hold of that but what is god rejoicing about most in this passage? What is it primarily that's causing him to rejoice? He's pictured here rejoicing. It is over sinners being saved, right? Our God is primarily a Savior. And he rejoices over sinners being saved. When Adam and Eve fell into sin, he saved them. When Jesus came and began his earthly ministry, he said in Luke 19.10, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. This is all about reaching the lost. And nothing causes our God to rejoice more than when unsaved people get saved with the grace of God. Amen. That's just wonderful. And so here we're going to look at this text. Now it begins in verse one with the publicans and sinners drawing near to hear Jesus. Now this must have shocked the Pharisees, these yeah. self-righteous people, these do-gooders, these killjoys. Yeah. If they'd have been in the service this morning, they'd have tried to kill it. Yeah. I mean they're just killed joys, self-righteous, don't care anything about anybody but themselves. And here they were following Jesus around everywhere. <clears throat> and he's together with these publicans and sinners, <clears throat> publicans, tax collectors. Nobody was hated more than tax collectors the Jews and the Romans. Nobody had any use for them because they were Jewish people working for the Roman government. And nobody had any respect for them whatsoever. Here were the publicans sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to Him, and the sinners. This was the riffraff. This was the people that nobody else wanted to be around. Uh, The drunks, the harlots, all of it. It was all here. And when the Pharisees saw that, they they were appalled by it. They said, if this man is true Messiah, if this man is sent from God, he wouldn't be associating with such riffraff. But Jesus came to save such people like me and you. Aren't you glad? And so that's how this parable begins. There are two of them here. And the other one is the parable of the prodigal son. But there's two of them here today. And you've got to keep something in mind that there was something very valuable that was lost. And then it was found. First of all, the lost sheep in verses three through seven. Now, you've got to understand the contempt the Pharisees had for Jesus when he started into this parable. And of all things, he likened them to shepherds because he said in verse four, what man of you. Now here's what you gotta understand about shepherds in that day. Yep. They were on the lower totem pole of society. They were uneducated, unskilled, their pay was at the bottom of the list. They didn't get much money for their work at all. And they wouldn't even they were not even allowed to testify in a court of law because they were shepherds. I mean, this was the lower end of the totem pole in that society, in Jewish culture. And imagine how these self-righteous do-gooders, these Pharisees were, when Jesus said, okay, I'm gonna give you a parable, and here's a shepherd, and you're gonna be like that shepherd, and they were appalled by that. But here's what we're looking at in this parable. The story unfolds with probably about two or three shepherds because there was a hundred sheep And in that culture, it would take about two or three shepherds to attend to that big of a flock of sheep. There was about a hundred of them, and then the shepherds. Now, the unthinkable happened. One of the sheep was lost. One of those shepherds lost one of those sheep out of the hundred. Now, that was tragic for that sheep in this sense. If that sheep wandered off, and it happened to lay down on its side saying, I want some rest, maybe it's a hot summer afternoon. If that sheep laid on its side and it laid over too far and its feet no longer touched the ground, it would roll over because of the gravity of its body. It would roll over on its back and it could not get up. The sheep would begin to... uh, do frantically and and bleat and get fearful and knew something was going to happen if it didn't get back on its feet, but it couldn't get back on its feet. And a sheep could only live about two or three hours like that. That's one parable. The other peril was predators. Wild animals would see that sheep and they would devour that sheep. And so this shepherd, losing a sheep, put that sheep in great peril. But fortunately... The shepherd went and looked until it found the sheep. And when it found the sheep, when he found the sheep, he rejoiced and brought it home. Now listen, he put it up on his shoulders. You remember the parable? Yeah. He put it up on his shoulders. A sheep weighed an average of 100 pounds. He put that sheep on his shoulders. And according to this, he brought him home, according to verse 6. And that indicates that it was a long distance. Wherever that sheep was lost, it was a long way from home. And the shepherd found it, put it on his shoulders, and said, I've found the sheep. And with great uh, difficulty, walked that sheep, carried that sheep all the way home into the nighttime. Now, here's where this breaks down, and the shepherd is no longer likened to the Pharisees. Because Jesus is called what in John chapter 10? The good shepherd, the good shepherd. He went far beyond what any other shepherd would go. And he went until he found the lost sheep. He put the lost sheep on his shoulders, carried him to a place of safety and to a place of rescue. And when he found the lost sheep, which is me and you, he rejoiced and heaven rejoiced with him. I love John 10 verse 11. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and I give my life for the sheep. Oh, listen to me. I love that old song. I was lost, but Jesus found me. Found the sheep that went astray. Put his loving arms around me. pull me back into the way. Aren't you glad you have a good shepherd? Aren't you glad he found you when you were lost? You weren't just out in the pasture wandering around. You were a cast sheep. You couldn't help yourself. You would have been destroyed had the good shepherd not found you in time. But he did. He brought you into the fold. You're now in the family. And all of heaven rejoiced the day you were brought in. Thank God we can share with God in rejoicing over sinners who are saved. Heaven's a life. Heaven's a joyful when people come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And oh, that's a wonderful thing. But there's a second parable if you'd like to know what it is. Amen. amen. The lost coin. In verses 8 through 10. Now, the Pharisees were appalled enough and in contempt over Jesus enough when he said, I'm going to liken you to a shepherd. Now he's likening them to a woman. Now ladies, you better thank the Lord for our society because you're respected for the most part. But in Jewish culture, women were second-class citizens. They weren't looked upon with very much favor at all. In fact, if a husband decided he didn't want to be married to her anymore, he could come up with a trumped-up charge and get a divorce easy at the courthouse and go on his way and find somebody else. Women were looked upon as second-class citizens. And when Jesus said, I'm going to liken you to this woman who lost a coin. They were in contempt of Him even more when He said, I'm going to liken you to a shepherd. So it's getting worse, the contempt. But Jesus was doing that deliberately. He was trying to get their attention and get them to see that there's something more important than a shepherd losing a sheep. There's something more important than a woman losing a coin. And that is over a lost soul that's going to hell if they're not found by the grace of God. And that's what Jesus trying to put a premium on was souls of men. And there's nothing more precious than your soul. You may have everything in this world, but if you lose your own soul, you've lost everything. Don't lose the most precious possession you have, and that is your own eternal soul. 10 million, billion years from today, you will still be alive. You are a living soul. You'll never cease to exist. When God breathed into that form of Adam, into the life of that man and he became a living soul, that man would live eternally and so does everyone. Yes, sir. No one dies in the sense of ceasing to exist. I'll be alive forevermore, either in heaven or hell, but thank God because the shepherd found this lost sheep, I'll be in heaven forever. Amen. Amen. Let's look at this lost coin. This woman... Now she had 10 coins, she lost one, which was a great loss because one Roman denaro was a day's wages and she lost one of those 10 silver coins. It was a great loss to her. I don't know what the 10 coins were all about. It could have been a diary given to her at a wedding or it could have been an emergency fund. And everybody needs a little money put back these days. But isn't it difficult when eggs are $5 a dozen? And gas is $3.35 now. But money. And just in case you think nobody cares that you're around, miss a few car payments. They'll find it. But regardless of what the money was for, it was valuable. And this woman lost the coin. Now notice something here, and this is beautiful in its analogy. She lit a lamp so she could see where the coin might be. In that day there were no windows in those houses and even in the daytime it was dark in the house. So she got this lamp and she started looking around all in the house for that coin. And it says that she swept the floor. It was a hard-packed dirt floor she looked around all that house for that coin and she finally found it but she found it because it was in the dark and she put light on it and she found it in the dirt you and I were just like that coin we were in the dark and we were in the filth of our sins, but He came looking for us, shed the light of the gospel on us, opened our darkened eyes, brought light into our darkened world, and then He gave us life. And that's why He rejoiced over us, and that's why you ought to rejoice over Him. Remember where you were when He found you? You remember Ephesians 5, 8? You were in darkness, but now you are children of light. What about Isaiah 64, 6? But we're all as an unclean thing and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. You were like that coin in the dark. You were like that coin on that dirt floor. We were that way. We're in the filthiness of our sins, but the good shepherd came and found us and put us back and now we have great value to him and there's joy in heaven in the presence of God over one sinner who repents. And people say, well, I don't know if that's angels rejoicing or God rejoicing. It's God rejoicing. God is rejoicing in heaven over you who repent because he is first of all a savior. Oh, my soul, this is marvelous. Think about this. Five times the word joy and rejoice is used in this passage and heaven is in celebration every time somebody comes to know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. And I hope you know him today. My soul, what an amazing passage this is that I was lost and Jesus found me, found the sheep that went astray. Aren't you glad he found you? Marvelous, marvelous, rejoicing with God over sinners being saved. I hope you're in the fold. I hope you've been found like that lost coin. Here's the thing, you are of great value to Him. What was lost was of great value. And when it was found, it brought great rejoicing. Please don't underestimate how valuable you are to the Savior. You may not feel like you're very much in life, You may not feel like you have much going for you. And you may not feel like you'd even be missed if you were gone. But you are of great value to God. So much so, he sent his son to die on a cruel tree just to redeem you back to himself. Now, he would not have done that had he not thought you were worth everything to him. So you need to come to him if you don't know him. There's no such thing as, well, you might not be welcomed. Of course you are. You might say, well, I don't feel like this is my day. It's been your day ever since you were old enough to know what's going on. Amen. Calvary covers it all. That means you can come as you are. You don't have to patch up, pray up, make promises. All you got to do is come down this aisle and say, I want to be found by this good shepherd. Amen. I want to be found. I want him to carry me on his wonderful shoulders and bring me home. He'll do that for you today. Would you come to him if you're not saved? And if you are saved, and if you're carrying burdens, let him be your burden bearer this morning. Let him help you with the weight of your cares. Let's bow for prayer, and our musicians are coming. You've listened so well. This is such a precious morning. Ordered by the Lord, arranged by the Holy Spirit, just the way He wants it. I don't ever get in His way, and I can. But I think I've obeyed Him today and done everything I know to do to present what He had for you to hear. Now I want you to obey Him and do whatever you need to do to let Him help you with your needs this morning. How many of you could say, Preacher, I remember when I was lost But Jesus found me. The good shepherd found me in my lost condition. Put me on his shoulders. Carried the weight of my sin. Brought me all the way home. And now I'm one of his own. Preacher, I'm saved and I'm sure. Can I see your hands? I'm saved by the grace of God. Thank you. God bless you. You can put your hands down you're not saved if you couldn't raise your hand I want you to come to save your day I say that unapologetically I don't want you to even give it a second thought I just want you to come he loves you he wants you to be his own today preacher I'm not sure I'm saved I don't know if I died today to go to heaven pray for me lift your hand please God bless you God bless you I see your hand anybody else I've been praying for you for a while been praying for you this may be the day you get this settled. If you want to come, if you need to come, if you believe you see the need very clearly, then you come. Preacher, I'm saved. But you know, in this walk of life, in this crazy mixed up world, so much going on, I've got some real burdens today. i got things about to drive me crazy. I mean, it's about more than I can handle. Preacher, I'd like to be remembered in prayer. God knows my needs. And I want you to be my prayer partner. Lift your hand, please. I've got needs. Thank you, thank you. Thank you so many of you. Let's stand, if you will, please, hold the building. We're going to sing. I want sing the wondrous story of the Christ. Wonderful. I want you to sing it with Him. You sing it with Him. You know it well. And you come while we sing. God bless you. I sing no one is sorry. sing that one sing it out i was lost but jesus yeah. found me found the sheep that was astray sing it out and then really lift it on the chorus sing it out you come for prayer if you'd like to but let's sing it please i was lost but jesus We've got to go eat dinner and get back here after a while. Something's going on here at 5 o'clock. What is it? Choir practice. practice. My goodness. Now, let's not embarrass ourselves by having just a few here. Everyone come on out for choir practice at 5. The wonderful service at 6, the Lord's Supper, and then afterwards it's been a wonderful day together. I love it. I'm thankful for it. And let's pray and thank God for the morning. Wayne Jackson, would you pray for us, please, sir? Heavenly Father, we do thank you for allowing us to come back one more time to your house to worship. Thank you for the message that was brought. Lord, thank you for the time that The Lord found us. Lord, let us down to that old-fashioned altar. And I pray, Lord, for everyone here today. If they need Jesus in their life, they will accept him today. Thank you for my church family. The sweet, sweet spirit that's in this place when we gather together. Bless us as we leave, Lord, and you will help us come back again tonight. Christ is Amen.